And welcome back to Talking Lead, episode 32. We have got a fantastic show for you guys today. We've got a special guest in the house. <laughs> you like that? that T- awesome. <laughs> TN Outdoors 9, welcome in. Thank you, gentlemen, for having me back again. Not a problem. <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> if it were a problem, we wouldn't let you know anyway. <laughs> at least it wasn't raining tonight. It's been raining all day. Yeah, we've had seven inches of rain at the house today. Every time we have a guest here, it's especially a YouTube guest. It's like it every rains. Thursday it rains. Yeah. Yeah. Last was it last Thursday it didn't rain? Yeah. We gave Gabby a break. That was when it was just you and I. Just you and I. <laughs> No, it was the week before that because Gabby was on because she actually got to go shoot. Oh, that's right. She didn't have to fight the rain off the shoot. Yeah. So what did you do this week in guns, Zeke? Well, first, I need to thank our sponsors. Is that what you need to do? (laughs) Yeah. You do that, big boy. Uh, We want to thank Firearms Radio Network, firearmsradio.tv. They are a bandwidth sponsor. Holder and Green Professional Real Estate Services for all your Middle Tennessee real estate needs. Contact T and Marty at 1-800-615-1840, extension 222. All or Nothing Tattoo Studios. That's allornothingtattoo.com and their very gun-friendly merchandise store, strangleholdmerch.com. So what did we do with guns this week? What did you do? What did I do? What did you do? Actually, we finished our Kickstarter project. It is now posted and live. Last week, we announced it. I didn't realize it takes three to four days for them to approve it. So if you tried to go see our Kickstarter campaign, it was not there. And also, I need to apologize to all people who have heard that episode on Stitcher. (laughs) My editing skills were lacking. Last week, and there may have been an edit Surprise, we missed. Uh, PETA didn't call you about uh, cruelty to ducks. <laughs> <laughs> so if you heard that comment, uh, we apologize, but we also never claim to be saints. We're not perfect. But uh, anyways, the Kickstarter campaign, just go to kickstarter.com and search Talking Lead YouTube slash TV show. And we've already got some donations. Yeah, we've already got some donations we're rolling in. To like $500, $600? Yeah, we're at uh, 550 and we got a ways to go, but you know, if everybody that listens to this show donates ten dollars, ten dollars, fifty dollars, hundred dollars, thousand dollars, but you getting greedy. <laughs> <laughs> Every little bit helps. We got some big stuff that we've got in the works. It's so true. just Kickstarter dot com. Search for the Talking Lead YouTube slash TV show project. That's about all I did gun wise this week. That's it? Yeah. What about you? I did uh, quite a bit. Got an opportunity to go to the Talking Lead Ranch. Took Pepper's son. We'll call him Special K. <laughs> so me and uh, Special K headed out to the uh, Talking Lead Ranch and got to shoot a variety of different guns. Kind of getting him acclimated to the to the gun world. Nice. He's a teenager. Took out some Glocks. Took out uh, some shotguns. Did the Mossberg 512 gauge. Took a couple of ARs out. No, it sounds like you had a good time. I saw some blurry, blurry video of it. I need to get the the hard video. I've got I've got the videos that we just did just some quick shots. I had the uh, the new back the rear sight for the Rock River Arms, the Arms rear sight A R M S. Do you know what that stands for? I could guess, but I'm not. Yeah, I'm not either. Yeah, you can go to their website, but it's a really nice site. I could Google it, but I'm not going to. I'm lazy. We got it uh, sighted in, and I tried this out. Is it on that Mike Daddy sent you? Yep. Thank you, Mike, for that. I have it on and uh, tested it out, and it's working great. Appreciate you doing that, buddy. Um, the Troy Battle Mag also 
I got some of those in and I was trying those out. They work good, flawless, good fit. Have you used any of those before? The Troy backup iron sights? The, no, the Battle Mags. No, not the Battle Mags. No, I have not. They're AR Mags. They work good. I mean, it's, it's a real good tight fit. There's not a lot of play uh, in them. And they release good, too. Got a good release to them. But that's about uh, all I did. I lost out on my 300 Blackout deal that I was looking at. Mm, so I let that one get away from me. I hate that because I was getting ready to pull the trigger on it. But I found something else. So we'll see if that goes through. If that goes through, we'll talk about it on the the next show. So what did you do with guns this week, TN Outdoors 9? Really not a whole lot. I've been in Philadelphia on business the last few days. Got in last night. Uh, Before I do mention what I have done this week, in honor of your show number 32, you can see this on the YouTube video, we have a Glock Model 32, 357 SIG, compact model. There you go. It's clear. And uh, this is a excellent caliber. But the Glock 32, you don't see many guns with a Model 32. Uh, in their name. So we brought that along tonight for show number 32. But traveling on business, but before I headed out, I've uh, recently purchased a new Glock 19 Gen 4. Uh-huh. A lot of folks are asking, when are you going to get one of those? Because at one point I had as many as six of the Glock 19 Gen 3. <laughs> now I'm down to three of those. So I picked up the Gen 4, put about 150 rounds to it, full metal jacket, uh, whatever. Jacked at hollow points I could find, and it is doing really well. So I'm eventually going to carry that and review it. But in the meantime, I just want to put five or six hundred rounds to it and just make sure that you like the four over the three. Yeah, I really do. So far, and again, it's early. It is much more accurate for me. There's just enough of a smaller grip that I I can notice that. And the more grip I have on the gun, the more accurate I'm going to be and more control over. I think anyone's going to feel that way. So that's working very well. It's very accurate. The recoil, of course, in a 9 is not that big of a deal. And I'm noticing a little bit of a difference, but the key for me is that grip. Did you change the grip, or did you use the one that came standard? The standard grip, which is the smallest one. It's Mm -hmm. a good question. Yeah, I did not put the other two on there. So I ran about 150 rounds through that, and... Working on a video, a Barnes 9mm ammo test. And also, just before I headed over here today, I noticed on my previous visit here that you're missing some table decorations. Okay. <laughs> so I brought you some flowers. <laughs> some flowers. <laughs> brought you some flowers. Did you bring or, us uh, weed? Yes. Like sacks of weed. What yes, is that? We'll, we'll hold that up, hold that up <laughs> for those checking in the YouTube Kush. video. There's some weed, three bags of weed, <laughs> and I'll present those are, to you. We but, are kidding. Yeah, we'll make a close-up. We'll make a close-up of that so nice. you can see it in the video. But there's a, cool. there's a bag. Just a lot of folks ask about what happens to bullets when they hit hard steel, such as AR-500 steel. And I went out today before coming over here, ran some full metal jacket out of the Gen 4 Glock 19, some full metal jacket, uh, 180 grain out of the Glock 23 Gen 4, and then some 230 grain full metal jacket out of the Colt 1911, government model. Nice. What happens with when these bullets hit hard steel, I don't know how much you've really shot the AR500 or 550 steel, but the bullets will flatten and spin off to one side. Mm-hmm. Or they'll or they'll go the fragments will go straight down. Kind so of like a, a pancake on a Teflon. Right. Pan. I was going to say it looks right. like lead pancakes. So they look like lead pancakes. And in the nine millimeter package, there are two Barnes copper bullets that I used in the opening segment of the ammo test video for that, which I haven't posted as of this production date, but it's forthcoming. You can see those the copper jacket or rather not copper jacket. It's that a one. copper bullet. That one right so it's interesting how the lead splatters, and I'm just noticing on the ground that I found two of the three shots from the opening of that video, the copper wow. bullet. So if you'll notice, and we'll probably show a close-up of these for your YouTube video, check out the diameters on those. Mm-hmm. The 9 millimeters are have a larger diameter than the 40s, mm-hmm. 
and they're just as big as the 45. So what does that tell you? Energy, more energy. Nine millimeters better than 40, and nine millimeter and 45, either one are just fine. Nine. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> Especially the 40 Zombie Max. The nine you and know, 45 Zeke, are Zeke, close to I, the same Zeke, Zeke, I tried this exercise <laughs> with the Zombie Max ammo, and those bullets fell short of the target and fell harmlessly to the ground. And they didn't cycle properly. Hey, either. I want you to know that there is not one single Z-Max round in this house anymore. We're going to confirm that. Hey. Yeah. Uh, we're going to confirm just that. Just ask Hickok45. He's got them <laughs> on now. <laughs> Nothing like a sack of zombie Max. Can you sign these for us? The bullets? The, oh, the, the baggies? Label, yeah, the label. The yeah, the label, by the way, is a product of my low-budget marketing department. <laughs> hey, he spent a lot of time on that. I almost don't want to give him How away for that? a trivia question. The only reason there's a label is it's difficult to use a marker on the bag. But, um, We're not going to give them all but, away. No, we'll keep well, some. I can I can bring you some more if you want to give those to a, a viewer or listener. Give them all three of those bags, and I'll sign I'll sign the label in each. How about one. no? Cool. However you want to do it. <laughs> we want to keep about, them. We'll give, we'll give them a few of those. <laughs> no, yeah, we'll come That's up. Cool. Uh, we'll That's come awesome. up with a trivia question, and the winner will get TN Outdoor Nines practice. Yeah, just give them all, give them all three. I can give you give both of you some other stuff. Cool. Signed, autographed. Yeah. yeah. We'll give away one each week. That gives us more giveaways. <laughs> <laughs> Are we running short on giveaways? We've got a whole no, we've, thing we've of got a whole uh, stack of comics. Sign, so. sign comics here by Rob. Do you like comics? Not really. Oh. I met Superman in person. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Dean Kane. Oh, okay. The TV. Does he count? Yeah. The what? Hey, I wanted to thank Autodidact Dystopia, which his name I finally can say right. He's I'm the one you can because I never can. <laughs> I just, I just that dude that does the the animated intro. intro. He did yeah. our animated intro and did a phenomenal job of it. So Otto, thank you so much. If if you guys need anything done like that, message him. Auto Didact Dystopia is spelled A U T O D I D A C T D Y S T O P I A. You're on serious. YouTube. You're we'll, serious. That's yeah. how it's spelled. Yes. Post it. We'll post it. Yeah, we'll post it in the show notes. Don't worry about trying to remember that. And you can get some stuff done there. And uh, he'll he give you the talking job. lead discount. Yeah. Tell him you heard about it through us, and you'll get a discount on it. Hey, Ralph, simplified do or die, hold them high at eighth and I. It is time for the talking lead jack wagon of the week, so brace yourself, baby. So this week's jack wagon of the week, we have a friend of the show, Nicole McLean, and she has been in Deer and Deer Hunter magazine recently, and they posted. She's been some, in a lot of stuff. Yeah, she's been in a lot. She's of stuff. a busybody. She's a model, actress, and deer hunter. And uh, she has a real time job too that she does. Yeah, you may remember the her story from when we had Chris Heben, Navy Seal, that came on the show. Talked a little bit about her. So they posted an article from Deer and Deer Huntress. Or Deer and Deer Hunter magazine. Huntress? Huntress. Is that what she <laughs> I was thinking? Be? No, she would be a deer huntress. And uh, they She's po- just a badass deer hunter. She is. Yeah. She really is. That story about her cutting the antlers off a deer. Yeah, that crystal. Yeah, they, they saw a deer on the side of the road, and she made Chris stop. And turn around and go back. Yeah, and yeah. she got out with a pocket knife because they didn't have anything else and started cutting the antlers off so she could use them as rattlers for the next uh, deer hunt they went on. Just recycling nature. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wrong with that. It was already dead. So anyways, they posted it on Facebook, and a lot of people have been going on there and saying, oh, I can't believe Deer and Deer Hunter magazine. They're they're trying to use a hot girl to to get more sales and get more ratings when she doesn't know anything about, about deer well, hunting. She's just a pretty face. For, so. you know, sex sales. 
Yeah. But I, at the same know. time, I mean, she's the real deal. Yeah, she's she, not just she some... She can back up everything that, that's claimed that she can do, cause she can do it. Yeah, she's not just some pretty face that they found on the street that happens to deer hunt and threw an article together. And I actually think, if I'm not mistaken, she may have wrote that article, too. I'm not sure. We'll have to ask her. Yeah. But she's scheduled to be on the show. We've got her, what? Yeah, couple, the 29th. Couple yeah, she'll be on. She'll be doing a full show with us the 29th. Yeah. So, to hang on. We got a call coming in. Is that from the Talking Lead Hotline? That is the Talking Lead Hotline. Hello? Welcome to Talking Lead Quarters. Hey, this is Nicole McLean. Have y'all started the jack wagon train yet? Nicole. We, we have. We have. We were just talking about you. Well, then my timing is perfect. It is. <laughs> Your ears were burning, weren't they? You guys must be having a whole set of laughs over there. <laughs> Yeah, we were just talking about the uh, Facebook post that Deer and Deer Huntress did. Or Deer and Deer mm-hmm. Hunter. I keep saying Deer Huntress because it's got you in there. There <laughs> but, you go, stereotyping. <laughs> but we're talking about that Facebook post, and uh, we're putting the people that are dogging the fact that you're an attractive lady doing a Deer Hunter magazine and saying you don't know anything about deer hunting on the jack wagon train. There's a bunch of haters. Yeah, you know, that stuff cracks me up. It, you know, people just don't see what lies beneath the iceberg, and, and they do that with everything. You know, if it's if it's the attractive female that hunts, if it's... I mean, it just stretches across all platforms, and I guess it doesn't really bother me at all because for this, you know, like I said on Glenn Beck's show, that this is a lifestyle for me, and it's in my blood, and I'd be doing it regardless of anything magazine, TV, media-wise. So the authenticity is there, and I'm smart enough to expect superficial judgment and jabs in the form of comments elucidating that I have little authenticity. And that's all fine, you know, like anything else you take the good with the bad, but Fortunately for me, I, I don't care too much about the negative Nellies flexing their uh, <laughs> internet muscles, if you will, behind their keyboards. So the, I, the I just trolls. wish that they would refocus and do something better. But it still makes me laugh, so I guess it's all good. Yeah, we were, we were <laughs> telling they just can't get past you know your look, so they just they they see you and then. From there, they don't go any further reading an article or watching a video. Yeah, you know, I really believe that if they read the article, they'd really see, um, you know, what it's what the story is and what my message is. And this guy who says I'm a store bought hottie trying to convince, you know, people, <laughs> and it's just, uh, you know, the people who know me, we all just share a good, wholehearted laugh about it because you can't let that stuff define you. And mm. if you start looking through their filter, you know. It's, it's, it'll lead to your demise. Oh, yeah. Well, we were talking about the story that Chris told us when he was on the show about you guys driving down the road and seeing a dead buck on the side of the road, and you <laughs> you forced him to turn around, and then you got out, and all you had was a pocket knife or something, right? Actually, what that was is I was driving. I was driving okay. my truck, <laughs> and we're, we're cruising along on the on the freeway. And I see, you know, a deer on the side of the road. I'm like, is that thing alive? Is that dead? What is that? And I, I pull over, you know, immediately. And he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> said, I just saw some horns. <laughs> he's like, what? Saw something so you I needed. I put the truck in you? reverse. What's that? You just saw something you needed. Exactly. So yeah. I put the truck in reverse and, and, you know, drove back on the side of the highway. And he's like, oh, my gosh, Nicole, here we go. <laughs> and we had the whole truck full of... Um, you know, my tree stand gear, because we actually headed out to, to set up a new one on the property and stuff. So the whole bag of the truck was full. And, yeah, you're right, all we had, I had a pocket knife in my truck. And, well, I guess it's not a pocket knife. It's more like a six-inch blade or four-inch blade or something like that. But that's all we had. 
because we had taken the emergency kit out of the back of the truck, you know, we're like end of the world zombie apocalypse prepared and <laughs> no situation like this comes along. I'm like, Hey, we have a four inch knife. That's all we have. <laughs> it's possible. Apparently it worked, right? It, it worked. Well, it worked to, to a certain extent. Um, you know, uh, it took care of the deer and, we tried taking care of the horns, and uh, yeah, that's that's a whole that's a whole crazy story. Of course, the uh, the trooper that right showed now, up, or... you didn't take care of him, did you? Uh, no, no. We'll <laughs> we'll make sure we confirm that. No, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's a uh, that state trooper showed up, and he was. I think he was thinking that I hit the deer, and they started asking me if the vehicle's registered in my name, and I'm <laughs> like, yes, sir, yes, sir. There is nothing illegal going on here. I'm just putting a deer out of its misery. And so we ended up taking the deer out of there. We, we dropped the tail and put the um, put the deer in the back. And we drove to the next exit off the highway because he said we had to take it with us. And uh, so we, we drove off the highway and, and went down a ways into this, you know, before the property in the country. And I said, you know, we need to get those horns off of there. <laughs> so we pull into this little, um, like, volunteer fire department. And we pull in. And here I am. You know, I've got... Uh, some blood on my hands. I'm fully dressed in camo. <laughs> there's all this deer in the truck, and there's a deer laying on the, on the gate. And I get out, and these two uh, these two guys, they had to be maybe 24. So I get out, and I walk in, and I said, hey. I said, do you guys have any type of, like, hacksaw or oh my power saw something? And they both just freeze frame. Man, if you had me. a camera, I bet the, the look Dude. on their face was priceless. <laughs> They do the once over. <laughs> we're well, the fire I, department. Kind of wish we were the police department. <laughs> well, I guarantee you, those firefighters weren't the ones that were posting the negative stuff on Facebook. They 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 experienced it firsthand. Oh, those those guys were so nice. You know, they um they you know I I think I frightened them. Um, but we worked it out, and they got their their power saw, and we got the horns, and then we took the deer and you know, properly dispose of it and stuff. But, well, awesome. but uh, they were real nice. And they're like, hey, yeah, you want to get cleaned up? You want to do, you want to wash your hands? And, and they were, we talked with them for a little bit. They were, they were really nice people. But yeah. that would be really something to, to put all that on for a show for, you know, state troopers and <laughs> volunteer fire departments. <laughs> kind of like, no, it's, the authenticity is there. <laughs> so let's make it official now. For all the uh, Nicole McLean naysayers and doubters, you are official jack wagon of the week welcome to the jack wagon train and then <laughs> oh, oh thank you i appreciate the uh i just want to know when the party is <laughs> <laughs> they don't get a party we get to celebrate <laughs> okay. now you're coming on the show we'll have to change that. Now you're coming on the show the 29th right that's right that's awesome. right i'm looking forward to it and everybody will be able to hear a little bit more about nicole yeah. and your we'll background go into details and... about uh, you and everything that you are about and we're looking forward to that show it's going to be awesome yeah i'm looking forward to it too you know, it's always uh, things over here, man. It's always busy, never bored. That's I, I wake up saying that it's it's um it's just go go go, and <laughs> every day is, is like a trip down the rabbit hole. You know, it's it's fast and sometimes odd, yeah. and uh, but it's always moving. So <laughs> it doesn't on? get any odder than our show. So. <laughs> just know it gets better from here. I don't know about that. I've been on Facebook. <laughs> 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 thanks for calling in, Nicole. No problem. I'll thanks, talk to Nicole. you guys soon. I'll see you All on the right. 29th. Okay. All right. Take thanks. care. 
And then you had another jack wagon of the week, right, Left Hand? Yes. Somebody that's already been on the jack wagon train before. That's right, and they deserve to be reinforced, uh, put further back on the train, closer to all the dust and dirt and hazardous stuff, is Dick's Sporting Goods. <laughs> they are trying to break back into the sporting rifle market, modern sporting rifle market, mm-hmm. by opening up another, I guess you'd call it a franchise, so they're doing it under a different name, and they're doing it under the Field and Stream name. So they've licensed like the magazine. Field they've and licensed that from Field and Stream. Wow! And they're going to be opening up. It's like a full-on outdoor, strictly guns and outdoor store. I'm surprised Field and Stream let them. I'm as I, well. Why would Field and Stream allow their brand to be dragged through the ground by Dick Sporting Goods? I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe sense. they're related to the owner somehow, but um, they're they're. Pilot store, I guess that's what you would call it. Their first store they're going to open, of course, is in Pittsburgh, which is where they're headquartered out of. But Troy, Troy Industries, you know, that was the big stink that, right. that they screwed Troy over with their, their carbines that they're doing. Apparently, they're advertising that among DPMS and Bushmaster and I think Stag Arms or lines they're going to carry, they're going to be carrying the Troy carbines also, which Troy has made a statement to the contrary of that. They have severed all ties with Dick's Sporting Goods. They are not shipping them any guns. They have no agreement with them. If they have Troy carbines, it would be, you know, ones that they've put in the back room when they pulled everything. So maybe some leftover stock or something like that. So if you go to Troy's, Troy Industries Facebook page, you can see their official statement there. And bravo to Troy for standing up for our second amendment rights dick sporting goods is also on the jack wagon train again this week 10 outdoors nine we've said he's back on the show for his second time around here uh when you were first on the show we asked you three questions but we've added two questions since then the first one being is there any gun in your arsenal that there is a little bitty part of you that is embarrassed of owning a gun in the arsenal a little bit part of me that's embarrassed of owning or that you have ever owned? I can probably answer uh, Left Hand's question better. Is this a setup? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, we're set. Yeah, It's a setup. <laughs> Just go along with it. It's a setup. <laughs> there is a gun that I once owned that I owned it for three or four months and sold it as quickly as I could. That was a high point nine millimeter carbine. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like it? I've, no, I did not. You didn't not. like the carbine? I've no, heard the carbine was the good one. No. The high points. It was one of the early ones. Maybe they're better now. This goes back. Five or six years, seven years. What caliber was it? Nine millimeter. The nine. It was reasonably accurate, but the magazines were terrible. Didn't cycle well. It's it's made out of foam. The stock is basically foam. Wow. I mean, really, if you want to poke a hole in it, you can take a can of foam and just fill it back up. It's it's <laughs> yeah. one of those. So the newer ones are apparently, but I've shot I, a newer one, and the the stocks are solid on them. This uh, mine was not, and the parts look like parts you would buy at the hardware store. Yeah, mm-hmm. literally. I mean, literally, nuts and bolts, things like that. So a high point. High point. Yeah. Nice. Next question is of, of course, you own a lot of guns and have owned a lot of guns, but you've got a list just like everybody else. What's the next priority on your bucket list? Bucket list, a couple of things. One, a shotgun with a rifle barrel. I would like to run some tests with slugs that are made only for rifle barrel shotguns. Another part of that is some long-range accuracy. When I say long-range, I'd love to punch some slugs at two and 300 yards oh, yeah. on some steel. That love to sweet. do that. That's, that's one element. The next would be getting into the 308, which is a project that has now been delayed for about 13 months. Mm. I have my sights on a Savage rifle. 
it's just a matter of once you buy the rifle, you know, you're looking at $1,200 or so for that, although I've seen the one I want cheaper. Which Savage is it? It's the FCP HS Precision with the Macmillan stock. Nice. I actually have it yeah. bookmarked on my phone so I can look at it every day be reminded of it on the bucket list. <laughs> That's your motivation. Huh? Yeah, so it's that. I've seen it as, as low as nine, as $900 at certain gun stores and almost pulled the trigger on it but didn't do it so once you spend twelve hundred dollars on that then you're looking at another thousand dollars for a scope and you're looking at a couple hundred bucks for a bipod so it's just a matter of are you opposed to pre-owned or do you i, gen- I, w- I would say with the exception of surplus guns such as a mosin Nagant or an m1 carbine i really prefer to buy my guns new pretty much yeah guns not i'm not i'm not wouldn't. completely opposed to it it just depends on the condition of condition on the condition of the firearm and whether or not i, I know that person i'm not going to go down to the gun show and stand there and wait for somebody to walk up with one of those and buy it from them i'm not likely to do that for a lot of stand reasons stand up against the wall exactly <laughs> waiting for one of michael bloomberg's people to come up your gun right i'm not going to do that <laughs> But the 308, because there's a lot of things I want to do with that, ammo test and some long-range shooting. Well, it makes sense for you because of, of what you do. You're doing a lot of testing and, and whatnot. So one fresh out of the box gives you more, what's the word I'm looking for? Better numbers. Well, better numbers, and that way I can break it in the way I want to break it in. Yeah. As far as the barrel. Right. So you know exactly from box to, to shooting rest exactly what it's been right. through. and what I did to get it there. Right. That makes sense. All right, I retract my gun snob statement. <laughs> so I may start buying uh, Tommy's used guns since he he puts them through you some strenuous testing. Three Glock 19s. Well, I have four now with the Gen Four. <laughs> okay, you can never have enough Glock 19s. I don't have a Glock 19 yet. Slacker. I'm not selling any. Wink, wink. No, you, no used ones. No, <laughs> I have you, sold. I have sold. Say you had to sell it. You can give it to me. Well, I've sold when I had six. I've sold two of those, obviously, but those were to friends, people I know. So. Uh, okay, thanks. <laughs> this is before we met. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> we had a listener just uh, call in. Or call not call in. in. They texted in. And they, they want to know, since you're an expert on Bigfoot, he, he figures uh, viewers desperately want to know the plural of Bigfoot. Are two of them? Are they Bigfoots? Or is it Big Feet? It's Bigfoots. It is Bigfoots? It is Bigfoots. Okay. Didn't we, <laughs> didn't we have a Bigfoot question last time you were on? Uh you probably did. Yes. Do we need to refresh our listeners of what the connection is with, with Bigfoot? Yes. If you don't do the YouTube thing, 10 Outdoors 9 has a <clears throat> YouTube channel where Bigfoot is on there fairly regularly. Not as regular lately. Not as think. much lately. It's that it's a is he sub, getting it's up there a, in age? or you know, that, that element's somewhat of a subculture of the channel, yeah. if you want to call it that. A lot of folks don't get it. My understanding, last time he sent me a text, he was working at a gun store in Montana. Oh, so he, okay, gotcha. he, ha- he has a tendency to head north for the summer, mm-hmm. but you could see him pop up around Christmas. Who knows? Okay, gotcha. On the holidays. Likes it cooler weather, I guess. Right. Yeah, makes sense. I, I just, I just, you know, it's one thing to be wearing the Bigfoot suit in the winter, but wearing it during the summer and farting in it, that's just not a good thing. <laughs> you got to beat it out. <laughs> Hang it up. Yeah. Air it out. <laughs> looks, looks, makes, looks like somebody it shot it, and there's a skin on the front porch. People drive by, and there's a Bigfoot skin. Hanging off the gutter. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. <laughs> so our subject matter for this week is we're going to talk about concealed carry. And you recently had a video about concealed carry and a incident where you got pulled over. Right. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. It really wasn't a, a big deal, so to speak. I know a lot of people, when they're browsing YouTube looking for concealed carry videos. Breaking the law. Breaking they, the they law. They want to see a video where somebody's getting beat up 
or handcuffed or kicked over the guardrail or whatever. This was not same reason they watch NASCAR. (laughs) Exactly. They want to see a train wreck. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I posted a video back in late June, a couple of weeks ago, almost two months ago. And it's one of those things that I delayed posting it, putting it together after this little incident happened. I just thought there would be something educational about it. And then 24, 48 hours after the post in the video, I said, I'm going to take this thing down. It's driving me crazy, just the types of comments and so forth. Essentially what happened, I'm out driving along by myself. I had left the house that day driving 45 miles, basically an hour, to a relative's house. We're having a get-together on Father's Day. And as I was getting into that community, I was pulled over by local law enforcement for that community, and just wondering, I know it wasn't speeding or anything, but it was, I guess, what you call a non-moving violation, mm-hmm. brake light. So she said, you're, and she, a female, she said, your brake light is out. I said, okay. So she, I had prepared myself. This is the first time I'd ever been pulled over with the, with a carry permit and, gotcha. and carrying. I had been pulled over in forever. So I, as a permit carrier, there are some laws you need to be aware of in your state, and we can go into a lot of detail on that. We're not. That could be a whole separate show. But you need to be aware of in your state whether or not you're required to inform the officer at whatever point you start the dialogue that you do have – they're going to know you have a carry permit because it's going to be on your – they're going to run it, and you're going to find it in your record. So I have to assume that. Number two, you need to know for in Tennessee, for example – you do not have to voluntarily tell the officer that you're carrying a handgun. You don't. And I'm sitting here right now. I don't know if I would or not, but I also want to be, you know, aware of the officer's safety and my rights. There's a lot of things going on here. You got laws. You got how you feel about certain things, and you have safety. So all this kind of came together in this, and that's why I did the video just to make some talking points and get some feedback. But essentially, you know, the stop went well. I did not get a ticket for the brake light, but during that stop. The officer said, I need to see, I gave her my license when she walked up. I was ready for that. And she said, I need to see her registration and proof of insurance. Proof of insurance is my wallet. And then the registration was in my glove compartment. Now, that was a mistake on my part. Hmm. That and my proof of insurance are now on the visor above the steering wheel. And we'll get to that. So she said, I need to get, I need to see your registration. And I knew at that point. I had to make a decision. To start crying or to... Well, (laughs) my Glock 19 was actually in the glove compartment for this particular trip. Usually, it's on my hip, locked and loaded, condition one, ready to go. In this case, it was not condition one, had a magazine. It was just casually laid in the glove compartment for my convenience based on what I was wearing that day and my trip plans. And I wasn't taking it in to the house where I was going. I was going to have it on me when we're playing ball and all that. So, contrary to popular belief, smart move. Well, contrary to popular belief, you know all the things I do on YouTube promoting the Second Amendment. I'm only carrying maybe three days a week. So my job, I, I'm not permitted to do so. So that's mm. kind of an irony of what I do and what I stand for. That I'm really not carrying that often. You're permitted uh, to, but you're not allowed. I'm permitted to, to but my company says you cannot. They don't allow it, right? Yeah. And, the, and the places I'm visiting do not allow that as well. That's right. a whole other thing. So yeah. I'd rather keep my job than those things. Yeah. So in any event, I had to inform the officer. Because I had to make a decision. My registration's in the glove box, and if I did not show that to her, the the papers, she's going to write me a citation for it and possibly lead to some questioning or suspicions. Mm-hmm. You just have to assume, you know, you can plan for something like this, and but be prepared for it to go sideways in any direction and how to handle each scenario. That's a big part of this. So I informed her I had a handgun in the glove compartment. I also informed her of the condition of that. And she said, okay, put your hands on the steering wheel. I expected that. She was going to walk around to the passenger side, and she asked my permission. This is very key. She asked my permission 
to get into the vehicle, number mm-hmm. one, because that's a search. And number two, she's going to get into the glove compartment and secure the firearm. So a lot of folks are all over me in the comments on the video saying, oh, you did not have to permit that. This is a violation of your rights. You should know better. And I'm thinking, look, I had to make a choice on mm-hmm. getting a ticket for the registration mm-hmm. and possibly being questioned for this, this, and this. And I did not want that. And you had somewhere you needed to be. Right. Had somewhere I needed to be. But most importantly, I wasn't doing anything wrong. She'd already informed me why she <laughs> right. pulled me over. Right. So she gets in there, and when she opens the glove compartment, the Glock is the muzzle's right at her the face. The fact is, it's your choice on what decision you make. Too. Right, exactly. And everybody's I mean, I, got a different situation, and each situation dictates a different kind of The response. situation on how, exactly, how that concealed carry permit, how that individual, how they plan for it or not, whether they know the laws or not, but you also have to understand that law enforcement is going to consider you to be a person of suspicion regardless Mm-hmm. Regardless, I've had hundreds of comments on that video from law enforcement that were all very positive and said, hey, you did the right thing. You advised of the handgun. Uh, a couple of things the officer did. She did not clear the handgun. I mentioned that in the video as, you know, is this a matter of protocol? And one department would say, yes, we will clear the handgun to confirm. Some departments will actually secure the handgun, take it out of the vehicle. Mm-hmm. And that's where everyone's screaming, you're violating my rights. You took my handgun from me. Right. So there's a lot of areas mm-hmm. here where it can get kind of fuzzy. And everybody's, looking, everybody's right to a certain extent, you know, on these, these comments. Exactly. <laughs> everybody's right to a certain extent because, one, you, know, you, you need to know your rights and understand your rights and make sure you're not – your rights are not stepped on. Number two, be considerate of the law enforcement officer and what they're dealing with. And that person could be having a bad day. They could have a bad attitude. And I, and I encountered someone who, they, I think they made some mistakes in not clearing the gun. They, I think they made a mistake in leaving the gun with me in the car when they went back to do some additional detail work. And, and some law enforcement officers have said, yeah, that was an error in protocol right there. And I said, I understand, and that's why I brought it up. So then she came back, and the last thing in the video was, as she was giving me my papers, which essentially meant the stop was over, I was free to go. And she told me, she said, you're free to go. But she was still giving me my papers when she said this. And, and again, she did not give me a citation. She asked me two questions. She said, is this your current address? I'm thinking, that's kind of odd because this stop is over, and she should have already asked me that. And they can ask you that. She said, I I said, yes, that's my current address. Then the next question, she said, well, I was just curious. Uh, It appears you're about 45 or 50 miles from your home. Why are you in my community? And it wasn't. (laughs) In her community. In her, yeah, she said, why are you in our community today? And and that kind of set me off. I said, wait a minute. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm thinking this to myself. You're really, dropping off none of her business. It's really none of her business. The call, the stop is over. You've already been considered a non-threat. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not a threat. I mean, she already considered me not a threat when she left the handgun in the car with me. Mm, but she's pushing it. So what's the purpose of the questions? So pretty much every law enforcement officer who has responded, and trust me, I was grateful and was hoping to see a lot of law enforcement responses. Now, a lot of folks like the three of us are saying, you blew it. They're saying, you blew it. I gave away too much information. I shouldn't have done this, shouldn't have done that. But trust me, I felt like there were things I had to do to prevent going down a different path. And, you know, I've seen a lot of the videos of the people that do what people are suggesting you should have done. And there's this fine line of standing your ground and standing up for your rights and stirring the Right. And some of these people are just... Stirs. That's what's going on with me. I've gotten out of 
two tickets so far, three tickets so far, for as soon as I get pulled over, my hands are on the steering wheel. When they come to the door, they ask for what they ask for. I have my carry permit with it. <clears throat> I hand it to them. I said, I'm going to inform you. I have two loaded firearms in the, in the vehicle. One's in the console. One's at 4 o'clock on my hip. Thank you for telling me. Five minutes later, they come back. Everything checks out. You're free to go. Thanks for telling me what you told me. You did everything right, and that was it. Yeah. And all three times, that's exactly different officers each time, one of them in Kentucky in another state. So my thought on it is, if I'm not doing anything wrong like you said, I'm not, I don't have anything to hide. I'm going to tell them right off the bat right. because we ha- we, all of us have friends that are in law enforcement, and I know every time they pull somebody over, they're on edge. And so I want to be the good guy and do everything I can to you want take to put that edge off, yeah, put them put at ease, ease yeah. you know, and that's basically what you did. Right. That's what I did. And that, because I have a lot of friends in law enforcement as well with the TBI, not the FBI, <laughs> yeah. but the TBI and the two agencies, two or three agencies in my county. I know a lot of yeah. folks in but law here's, enforcement. But here's the facts. You know, you could be put in that situation, like you said, you've been put in it several different times, but you may react differently because the person that's pulling you over, you know, questioning you may address you different ways. Exactly. So, right. so their demeanor plays a big role in how you're going to respond to that as well. Right. That's right. exactly right. You're, you're exactly right. You can prepare, as I did, or at least I thought I had, you can prepare for this to happen, this to happen. But depending on how that person's their demeanor tone is, voice, the their tone of voice, actions, the body language, yeah. whether or not there are two officers, there's a lot of stops where there's an officer on each side of the car. Mm-hmm. And now this was in the middle of the day, so that was a good thing. At night, you're going right. to have the Time lights of day on plays you. A big, right. a big part of that. So too. that's a, that's another thing. But this went well. It was just the, the questions were out of context of where we had progressed to in that right. dialogue. So what pick up from there? What well, uh, what happened? I've had a lot of folks, uh, in addition to the law enforcement comments, that were basically supporting how I handled that, which I was glad to see. Mm-hmm. And of course, a lot of a lot of normal guys like us breaking my balls, saying you you really screwed up on all of this. I'm going, you know, <laughs> you're like, wait you a minute, I didn't go to jail. I, I didn't, I go didn't to get jail. a ticket. The outcome, how did I screw up? The outcome for both parties in that situation was optimal. One, I got out of there without a ticket. I got out of there without having my firearm confiscated. No one was hurt, no one was injured, there were no threats, it was cordial conversation, and the officer, she made a good stop. I mean, there's some things, again, I question her judgment, and a lot of her peers have commented and said, yeah, maybe she did some things that were a little odd or out of sequence. I've had a lot of private messages on YouTube where the law enforcement officer did not want to identify themselves, and I respect that, and said that she handled it well, but she did a lot of things just completely out of order especially mm-hmm. those last two questions. So the, the gist of it all is be aware of the laws in your state or city with regard to concealed carry and what is going to happen or what needs to happen when you are encountered by law enforcement, whether or not the gun is on your person, whether or not it's in the glove compartment, in the back of the car, things like that. I'm just wondering how this call would have gone had I been on the on the way to the range, which has been very rare this year to get out and, and go to the range uh, outside down in the woods. But on those days, I'm carrying, my God, I'm carrying <laughs> two or 3,000 rounds of ammo, five or six different types of guns. Yeah. I'm dressed in camo. So if they ask You're me, terrorist. it's like they're going to ask me to get out of the car, and I'm going to be, you know, sucked up against Spread the front evil. of the car. But know your law. Know, the, the thing about concealed carry, you know, you go and get your permit, and you're all excited about it and everything, but there's just so much you really need to know. Number one, as a permit carrier, you have already assumed, 
I, I feel strongly a higher level of responsibility in that you are going to set yourself. I don't want to say set yourself above everybody else in society, but you you're going you have made it very clear to yourself, your family, and friends that you're going to be responsible because mm-hmm. you cannot screw up, you cannot blow your temper. In a lot of states like Tennessee, you cannot go out and drink, or any, really anywhere. You can't go out and be drinking alcohol and carrying and things like that. That is definitely breaking the I think the law. you can do that in Russia. <laughs> I think it's required in Russia. <laughs> I think it's required to drink and drive in Russia from in Russia, some yeah. of the driving. And to have a dash Russia. cam in your car yeah. but, uh, so you can catch meteors coming out of space, but things like that. <laughs> and she was attractive. But I'll a pink say, I'll that question as well. Was she attractive? Maybe she was hitting on you with the question about where you live. And no, that's not. That's bullcrap. No way. No way. It was a. It was a. I understand the question, but the context of it and, and where it where it came up in that process. So that's one situation that you can be involved with, especially with the law when you conceal carry. What's some of the other stuff that you had looked up? A couple of scenarios I think will be common to pretty much everyone. They want to know whether or not they can carry the firearm in their vehicle to their place of business or to school or whatnot. My understand, and I'm not going to get into all the different laws in different states. We are not attorneys. So we are, check, we, check. None of us are attorneys. Check with your states. Mm-mm. Except 22 Local Plinkster attorney. has portrayed one in a chat room. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. But there's a couple of things in addition to the... So, to the best of our knowledge, this is what we've read. This, this is, is what, what we've read, read. Yeah. yeah. And... In Tennessee, we've had a couple of laws that passed here that are in the favor of concealed carry permit holders, much to the chagrin of the general public. And again, Tennessee is like. carry. We're not concealed carry. Right. We are We are a shall-issue state, and there I'll kind go. of touch up on that in just a moment, what the differences are, if you're interested. But So schools, talk about schools. Schools. My understanding in Tennessee is that you can have a firearm with a concealed carry permit in the vehicle. Obviously, you can't get out and walk to the football stadium or watch the basketball game or baseball game, soccer game, things like that. Obviously, we know that. You have to leave it in the vehicle. You have to leave it in the vehicle. And but I've you can't have it on the premises, in your vehicle. My understanding is it can be on the premises. Now, if I'm wrong on this, someone please call me out on it. But I have researched this, and that's my understanding. As long as it's in your vehicle. It's in your vehicle. Right. You, you just can't go walking across campus with the gun have your it jacket. On your now, I have to think that some, right, I have to think that some people have done this, and I wish they would not because it would cast us in a bad light or negative light if they were to be caught doing that. But there's a couple of bills, a couple of laws that have passed in Tennessee recently that may have passed in your state or they could be in, under consideration. With all the negative things that have happened in the last six or seven months, there have actually been a lot of positive laws passed for concealed carry. We have Illinois now, which is the last state, I believe, to come in for concealed carry. I'll hit up on that in a moment and look at some of these because states. Because they're being stats. forced to. They're being forced to, mm-hmm. right. Thank goodness. And they have fought it. But three or four years ago in Tennessee, we had the what was called by the, the uh, liberal newspapers around Tennessee, namely the Tennessean and Commercial Appeal in Memphis, the uh, what was it? The guns and bars, the uh-huh. guns and bars, and they drew this image of folks like us, An law-abiding folks, you know, exactly, <laughs> of folks like us going in with guns strapped to our hips, Colt revolvers on our boots, spurs on our boots, walking and swinging in the barrooms. I'm gonna give me something to drink. I got a gun, and just that's not how it is. We, I, I, I don't want anybody to know I have a handgun, which gets into the concealed carry, open carry thing. That's a whole other. Another dialogue. debate, yeah. But this is a law that passed in Tennessee three or four years ago where now, and this is something you need to be aware of in your state because it's not the case in every state. Kentucky was one of the first, I believe, to pass this, Tennessee three or four years ago, where if you have a concealed carry permit and you are in a facility, a restaurant, 
that serves alcohol for consumption on premises. Oh, Charlie's, Applebee's, Chili's, things like that, to throw some names out there. As long as you are not consuming the alcohol, the people with you can be consuming, which mm-hmm. is interesting. But as long as you are not consuming alcohol yourself, you're the one with the permit, you're the one with the handgun on you, Fire. you're not to drink. I don't drink anyway, so that doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. But the law that passed before that several years ago was where we could actually go into, say, a Kroger store, a grocery store was alcohol, where alcohol was sold to take out. I mean, we actually didn't have that for a while. You may remember mm-hmm. that. Yeah. That was a big step for us was to be able to go into the grocery store with a concealed handgun, even though we're not store, right, yeah. even though we're not buying alcohol, it was there on the premises. You might walk by it and go buy a pharmaceutical that can really get you knocked out, but <laughs> you can't. But you, that was the craziest. So, somebody thing. could knock you down and force that pharmaceutical down your throat. Yeah, exactly. That, that so was you, their fear. Right? You have that. So the the alcohol and whether or not there's right. some states probably you still can't go into Walgreens or somewhere that that sells alcohol. Because through osmosis, it might enter your system. Exactly. We don't want that. That would be a drain on society. The other thing, so the <laughs> alcohol cool. bill, and then <laughs> recent, and then more recently, we have what's called the safe commute law. And that's, uh, again, the liberals here, and I say liberals, the anti-guns, they, they made the jokes about guns in bars, and with the safe commute law, it was guns in trunks. And I wish we could make a law called brains and heads <laughs> or something along that line, because yeah. there are a lot of people that don't have They don't that, have common right. sense. And I think it should yeah. be required to some extent. So the safe commute law in Tennessee is where with a valid handgun, I have a copy of it here, with a valid handgun carry permit, as long as it's not prohibited by Mm -hmm. that company. You can work for someone, you have a carry permit, you're law-abiding and everything else, but the company says you still cannot carry on the property. You can even have it in your car when you come in the building to work and you go home eight or nine hours later or 12 hours later or 16 hours later. You can't do that. So it's, it's still kind of fuzzy in Tennessee if your employer says that you can't have it. And I actually read a story recently where someone was interviewing for a job and had their gun with them and went in for the interview and told security, well, I've got to take my gun back to the car. Seriously. And they received a call or their boss went back to security to go to their interview and they said, well, your interview's been canceled. So, wow. Yeah. So there's stuff like that. And I actually read that a day or two ago. Mm-hmm. So there I think are these. We talked about that. It might have been when you were on here last time we talked about that. I think so. So yeah. with concealed carry, you have to obviously go post office, things like that. You need to know where you cannot carry concealed, school grounds. There's also laws about carrying in, in public assemblies. So if you're going to a big 4th of July fireworks display, you have to interpret that. Can mm-hmm. I legally carry at that display? If you're going to watch the Christmas parade and you're standing on the mm-hmm. side of the road, can you carry? So the responsibility where you decide, I'm going to carry concealed, I'm going to have a loaded handgun on my person for protection of myself, my family, loved ones, and whatnot in public, you really have to look at the squeeze effect of now I need to know the laws with regard to what happens if I'm encountered by law enforcement, what happens if I'm going to drink or not or going somewhere where alcohol is sold, uh, what's going to happen with regard to safe commute, churches, things like that. There's a lot of laws. And they are not consistent from one state to the other. Banks. Hmm. Well, I'm not aware of anything there unless it's posted. But again, I'm not yeah. an attorney. But that's <laughs> that's, no, that's where I'm always confused TV. as far as banks goes. Is you know, as far as carrying in a bank because some of those are federally insured, and then you're dealing with you know there's, federal. There's a local well, one. I won't. So I don't I won't know s- if that comes into play. Again, you got to check with an attorney, but. There's a local one. I won't say what city. They actually had a sign around the whole Newtown time and when the assault weapons ban started coming back in. 
that said guns welcome and really? it had the little gun symbol with no line across it cool. and it was like a locally owned bank so you got some stats for us also right yeah some stats illinois was recently added to the role of concealed carry states now i've, I've looked at different resources for this and some folks will say, well, where? I'm in Alabama. I'm in Georgia. I'm in California. What are the laws in my state? You really need to get out and search that out. Go to the local gun store, if nothing else, and, and ask the folks mm-hmm. there where online you can find the laws. You've got some good websites, too, don't you, that they can refer- There's some good websites out there. I would encourage you just to search, get into Google or whatnot, and, and search for concealed carry laws in the name of your state, and you're going to find a lot of different websites. You have the Tennessee Firearms Association, which I'm a member of here. You have... TFO or TFA online, I believe. You've got that. You've got the NRA ILA site, and I pulled some stats off of that. You got what is this website? Legalcarry.com. Is that the one? Yeah, legally, I'm sorry, legallyarmed.com. So I went to legallyarmed.com first, and just it has a running list of the states, and some of these numbers are current as of the last month or two. I Others think that's the website we used on our road trip mm-hmm. to Houston, wasn't it? Yeah, because we were yeah. going through several different states. As right, we were. which is a good which is a good point to bring up because yeah. as you're traveling through different states, for example, if you're going to drive out to California and take the family and the family truckster to see Wally World, not Walmart, but Wally World, <laughs> our permit's not good there in Tennessee. In fact, I don't think there really are hardly any permits yeah, I don't good think there. Are. So you got to look at that. Speaking of reciprocity, there are approximately 38 states, according to the NRA website. There are 38 states that recognize the Tennessee permit. So you can go in there and, and put down your state of residence and get that information. There are 46 states, and this number sounds a little high, that recognize a Tennessee permit. So it started out in Tennessee several years ago where our border states were recognizing our permits. It's probably the same thing with the state in which you live. But then you get into right-to-carry states. In some cases, a pretty exact number that's reasonably current. For example, in Tennessee, as of June 2013, just two months ago, 428,000 permits in the state of Tennessee. Wow. Tennessee's population, as of 2012, this is a close estimate, was 6.4 million. So that's a 6.7% of the population has a carry permit. That's one of the highs. That's, that's a high percentage. You look at other states. Texas has 26 million residents. You look at all the big cities in Texas and just the mass of it. But they only have a 2.2% carry permit ratio. They have just under 600,000 carry permits, and that was as of early 2013. Now, obviously, late 2012, early 2013, with the election and so forth and all the other things that have happened, a lot of folks have gone out there and got their, gotten their permit. But the numbers I have show that in the United States, approximately 8.4 million people have a carry permit. But then you have states like Arizona that don't require permits. Right, and that's a good point. Arizona is a right-to-carry state as is Alaska and Utah. So those mm. three states, it's not required. Although the, although the legally armed site had numbers for, permit, for concealed carry permits. Like, why is that? They're hmm. right to carry. Wasn't there a, another state just recently that changed theirs to a, a right to carry? Um, right to carry or to shall issue? A right to carry to where you don't have to get a, a permit. I was thinking there was some state that just recently... There might be, if, but I, I, miss, I miss that. I know that I think recently Alabama went from right to... Or went from, Maybe it was Alabama. I think Alabama went from may issue to shall issue. Someone can correct me on that. There are 38 shall issue states where as long as you go through all the requirements that are outlined by the state, that could be, of course, background checks, fingerprinting, which is what we had to go through. It could be a a, a course, which I had to go through. I'm sure you did as well. I went through a couple of them. So 
that's that's a shall issue where if you meet all those requirements, the sheriff's department, local law enforcement, the state, whoever, will give you or shall give you that permit. Then you have a may issue state. May issue states, you can go through all the same requirements that the three of us went through, but for whatever reason, and reason is the key thing there, in those states, you have to give a reason why you want that permit. Are you in fear for your life? Do you carry large sums of money? Are there wow. been threats against your family? So those are May issue states. And those, some examples of those, yeah, you can go through all the qualifications, but the law enforcement agency there says, you know what? You haven't given us a good enough reason to yeah. get it. Those states are California. I'm going to drag their names through the ground. California, New York, Massachusetts, Maryland, Delaware, New Jersey, Rhode Island, and Hawaii. So there are eight states representing 27% of the population that are May issue. And if you look at those states and where they are, you look at the political blue-red map, they're blue. Yep. They're blue. And, and one those is- are the states with the highest gun control restrictions, some of the highest populated states, and six of those are part of the original 13 colonies. So they're saying, screw the Declaration of Independence and the Second Amendment. We're going to be May issue. Yeah. And the thing that stinks about those is it comes down to one person saying – Eh, I don't want to give it. Right. The chief law enforcement office, right. officer. Right. Because it's that one person that signs off on it. You can meet every single requirement there is, and they still go, eh, nah. You can't get it. it. So yeah. thank goodness we live in a shall-issue state, and the majority, I say the majority, 75% of Americans live in right-to-carry or shall-issue states, which is which nice. is a positive. It's just interesting that... All the bickering that you hear coming out of the media and, and so forth from the politicians and representatives in Congress is coming from the states sure. that are May issue states. That, yeah, we'll, we'll let you qualify for this and we'll take your money in the process, but we reserve the right not to give you that permit. Now, as far as concealed carry goes, when we talk about concealed carry, it means just that. you know. And there's many different types of ways to conceal your firearm. Uh, for instance, with me, we can go ahead and do our EDC check now. With me, I carry my Glock 19 in a inside the waistband holster at the 4 o'clock position. And when I say that, take your body and look straight down around it and do a clock like you're hula hooping with a clock. And my firearm stays at the 4 o'clock. Hula hooping? Hula hooping. Well, I'm just trying to think of a good visual. You ever tried the hula hoop while we Can you imagine, Zeke? Oh, that would be cool. Can you get a hula, hula hoop around you? Man, there's big body, <laughs> big body parts going in 40, 11 different directions. There's a big body there, bro. It's disturbing. So it's at 4 o'clock. When it gets a little colder, I keep my three fifty seven Magnum in my boot in a little special holster there as a backup gun. So as long as it's concealed, what about you, left hand? How do you conceal your firearm the majority of the time? Well, you know, again, it depends on what I'm wearing. You know what I'm doing that day. Mm-hmm. Um, seen me several times where I come in and I've got a suit on. Most of the time I carry on my hip. Gotcha. Okay. So you know I've either got a shirt over there, or I've got a jacket, or you know something covering that up. And then if I've got long pants on, you know I'm ankle carrying. And um, if I'm wearing shorts, I've either got it on my hip, and then my backup I've got either in my bag, depending on what kind of bag I've got, or I've got it in the pocket. I've got gotcha. Another, I've got my bag up in my pocket, but. Typically, you got your bag up in your pocket. My backup. Oh, that's in my impressive. I was like, that's a huge my bag in my pocket. That's, <laughs> that's a huge pocket. My... <laughs> I don't do inside the waistband. I haven't okay. done. I haven't started that yet. I don't know what I'm waiting on. Probably just find the right holster. 
But uh, I'm going to check out. Is it, it's not ice. It's um, crossbreed. 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 Yeah. Crossbreed. I'm going to check out cross the cross holsters. Crossbreed holsters. <laughs> crossbreed. See how those work for me. Heard a lot of good things about those, so I'm going to try that on the inside the waistband. That way, when I take my jacket off, my coat off, you know, it's still concealed to a certain extent. Sure. A little bit better than it than it poking out on the side there. Uh, I will not carry back at all. It's just too uncomfortable and dangerous. It can be can be dangerous as well but i'm not opposed to the uh, appendix carry uh, either it's just i've got to get a smaller I, I usually carry the 22 or the the 17 i like appendix carry but i admit i got a decent sized gut yeah. standing up appendix carry is great but as soon as i sit down oh i will i will hurts. tell you this when i do stand up i do adjust it back my outside of the waist two appendix oh, okay when i'm standing up walking but then when i sit down then i gotta move it back because gotcha you know, can you do that discreetly moving it yeah no. <laughs> i mean i i cover it up i don't sit there and advertise and flip my jacket up say look here <laughs> yeah. but no i mean it's nobody's ever said anything about it. i've not had any problems you know with it so if you're curious as to why we said small of the back carry is dangerous if you live in an area where it gets cold and you have ice imagine slipping and falling where do you typically land right on your lower back or your rear end and if you yeah. land on a solid metal piece of equipment it's not going to be good or just you know sitting down on a hard chair or hard yeah. surface you know then that's jamming that up into your you know your vertebrae yeah. so what about you tommy how do you conceal I brought three handguns over here today. I had Glock 19, Gen 3 in the 4 o'clock position inside the waistband. That's how I always carry. Now, if I'm in the woods for a range day or something like that, I'll, I'll find a outside holster, but otherwise. Do you have to get larger pants, mm-hmm. do you find? Not really. I go through a lot of belts because I'll, I'll, I want that belt to be as tight as possible so I'm yeah. not, things aren't moving around. And I'm having to make adjustments. I, I, I can really, I, my objective is to go through an entire day, whether or not I'm driving all day or going in different stores and, and so forth or just out walking or on the range and be able to get through the day without having to make any adjustments or a minimal amount of adjustments. I don't want to get in the habit. I think if you get in the habit and concealed carry of having to make it a lot of adjustments with your clothes or where the gun is positioned, your holster, you may not realize you're walking out in public and you're sitting there, I don't want to use the phrase, adjusting yourself, but that's what you're doing. Really. Of course, People like to adjust themselves, but <laughs> you don't want to. You don't want to. You do but not I, want to get. You get out of the car. But in today's the, society, with the cell phones, a lot of people have the you know the clip on. I, I don't think they think anything about right. it. Right. I think you're probably they. they you know, he's got a cell phone there, and he's you know adjusting his cell phone or whatever. Right. So I came over today with Glock 19, which is there right now. I've got the shirt where you can see it. The Glock 19. It's in a side side armor Kydex holster. I have two or three different holsters I use, but that's my primary. It has a level of retention. That's a whole other thing that you can get into. I like to have some measure of retention. It doesn't have a thumb break or anything like that on it. It I, I can adjust it with some tension, and it's not going to come out if I'm standing upside down or anything like that. It's in there and it's secure. It's not going to move around on me. And then I I also had coming over here a what was that? The Glock 32 on the left hip in the 7 o'clock position then I had a Glock 19 Gen 4 somewhere else. I'm not going to tell you where that was, but I'm going to the emergency room once this is over. <laughs> you disinfect it? <laughs> is that don't, the one you had me handling so much, man? Don't touch uh. it. Yeah, you asked me what I was doing this week about guns and so forth. I was in business, own business in Philadelphia for a few days. Came in last night. We came back from a ball game. This was a corporate event, so I'm with all my colleagues, and none of those folks know what I'm doing on YouTube. They uh-huh. don't. They know a, a few of those. How do you keep that a secret? 
I don't know. Uh, with this channel, they the leave sheltered lives. Yeah, don't they? A channel as small as mine, they're never going to find it. But a few of these You're folks on the know, national news. What yeah, are you talking about? <laughs> in a in a bad way. <laughs> well, a lot of folks, some of the folks know that I have handguns. My boss does, and, and rifles, and so forth. They're they're interested in them, but they do not know anything about how I feel about the Second Amendment and being very public and being an advocate for that. Well, we came back into the hotels, about six or seven of us. And I recognized someone in the bar. It was the mayor of Philadelphia. His name is Michael Nutter. And I recognized him. <laughs> Michael Nutter. I know. Get it out, Zeke. Go ahead. <laughs> He's a nutter. He's a nutter. He's related to, was it Michael Weiner? <laughs> they don't think so. No, they're not. I can assure you they're not related. <laughs> but Mr. Nutter is a leading gun control proponent. Philadelphia is the nation's fifth largest city. They have a very high rate of violence, a lot of restrictions on gun ownership. And I recognized him. He's a big buddy of President Obama. He's also on the committee, Mayors Against Illegal Guns, which is essentially Mayors Against All Guns, on behalf of Michael Bloomberg. So here I am standing, recognizing this guy. And I, I told my colleagues, well, there's the mayor of Philadelphia sitting there in our hotel. So I went over and introduced myself. Of course, he didn't know me. I said, hi, I'm TN Outdoors 9. I have what? a Second Amendment channel on YouTube. What a jack I didn't, way. No, I didn't do didn't that. Know you. I, I just introduced myself. I'm from Tennessee. I just happened to recognize you because you are a leading <laughs> proponent of uh, gun control rights, and people like you are the epitome of the crap that's going on in this country. I did not say that because <laughs> oh, you thought man. it, right? No, you because, my, it, right? because my colleagues would have said, what's all that about? And then I had to get into the YouTube thing. So I basically introduced myself. But that was such a golden opportunity to address someone one-on-one. I mean, this guy is big time against it and he like i said his his buddies are president obama michael bloomberg he's one of the bad guys out there and he was a nice man talk but i, I can't stand for what he stands for so right. it's just interesting that here i am and, and you'll encounter people like that as well where you're all for the second amendment you're all for concealed carry and our rights and everything and then you run into people who aren't such high profile folks as him and then i had that opportunity to really have a dialogue but it went back to I need to keep my job, and I need. I, mm. I don't want people to know what I'm all about. And that isn't that a, kind of a weird thing. It is time for facts to fight the myths. It is. <laughs> Thank you, Yoda. <laughs> Yoda, <laughs> welcome. You are the, ten. Ten outdoors. Nine is a very, very good uh, impressionist. If you don't impersonator. know that yet. impersonator, impressionist, impersonator. Huh? Yeah, I impersonate a YouTube channel every day. <laughs> <laughs> Who else so, can you do? Hey guys, 22 Plinkster here. Today we're going to shoot a card with a 357 Magnum. <laughs> okay, so you have a fact to fight the myth, Yoda? <laughs> I do. What you got? What is it? Concealing your firearm, you are. Everyone knows. Not on Diane Weinstein's Christmas list, you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, you want to go ahead and do mine? <laughs> you go ahead and do yours, and I'll do mine. My fact to fight the myth this week is based on something that I dealt with when I first started concealed carrying. And the thought and the myth that you will have when you first start is everybody knows I'm carrying. You're walking around and every little movement you do, you bend over, you think, oh, my gun's showing. Or, oh, that person knows I've got a gun on me. Eventually, you get to the point where you realize nobody knows. Unless somebody is a carry permit holder themselves and they're looking for it, nobody has any clue. So that's my myth, the fact to fight it. Don't worry about it. Nobody's going to know you have that firearm on you. Unless you're open carrying, which is a whole nother discussion. If you want to be a target. What's your left hand? Thank you. 
See? <laughs> Don't mind if I do. So hunting season, uh, season, season, seasoning. It's called seasoning. So here. <laughs> the uh, hunting season is just season. around the corner. Yay. So I wanted to throw this one out. Peeing from your deer stand will scare deer <laughs> off. That is a myth. You can pee from your deer stand. I, I see your look over there. Well, what I'm wondering is, mm-hmm. is it the act of them watching you pee from the deer stand or the odor? Or the odor. Well, it would be the odor. <laughs> is the myth. Is the myth. Is that the, the odor from human urine would scare the deer off. There have been several tests that have been done, and they are actually attracted to it rather than repulsed or re... Was it? Repulsed. Yeah. Well, that explains why I have so many deer in my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you're not using it as a uh, human toilet area around your deer stand, <laughs> then you should be fine. So if you're up in your stand and you got to go, you know, let it fly. You don't need to carry a bottle up there and pee in a pee in a bottle or your can or you know whatever. Don't worry about it. Just don't drink out of the relieve, bottle you're peeing in. Relieve thyself. <laughs> so what's your fact to fight the myth, Tommy? The fact to fight the myth. The 8.4 million concealed carry permit holders in the United States are not the cause of gun violence. What? That's right, Diane Feinstein. <laughs> what? You bitch. <laughs> Wow, you described her very well there. Very very well done. So you got some stats on that to back that up? Go to any online police blotter in the United States. You can start with Nashville, and you will not see it mentioned that that person had a carry permit. Now, there have been some very public incidents in this state where some people with a carry permit have done some stupid things. But it's a very, very, very small percentage of the population. Like I people t- walking around downtown Nashville with an AR strapped to their back? At a gun Boy, rally? At a gun rally? No, yeah. just oh, yeah. by themselves. Stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did it just happen, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. What's the guy's name? Probably is the same guy who lost his permit? The one who had it in the park that had the yeah. AK pistol in the park? I don't know his name, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah. that's We're not the ones. The people who are causing the gun violence that's uh, instigating legislation that could threaten our rights, just go look at your parole board and the people that they're monitoring. There's your problem. Trivia for this week. We are going to give away one of those little baggies of the autographed caliber of your choice. Mm. And it's going to be autographed. Trivia for this week. We're going to give away one of 10 Outdoors 9's uh, sacks of lead that he shot and hit steel targets. Bags. Bags bags of lead. Yeah. That he shot um, at targets. And the question is, You'll have to dig back to one of our original YouTube videos. Back when 10 Outdoors 9 was on the show before, under the video name TLP Vid Highlights 009 Part 2. What? Yes, that's the name of the video. Is the highlights from when he was on Episode 9, <clears throat> second, second part of the highlights. Did you name that video? Yeah, that was back at the beginning before I knew anything, so you about, knew anything about naming videos. <laughs> yeah. In the video highlights from episode nine, we we're talking about a certain type of targets within the first couple of minutes. What kind of targets are we discussing? Answer that correctly, and we'll do a drawing with all the ones that answer correctly, and you will get one of these bags of spent lead. Lead pancakes from TN Outdoors 9. Autographed. So we got some new listener feedback. Oh. Left hand, what you got there? From Chris C. 
He says, hey guys, I just recently found out about this podcast and I'm currently chewing through the episodes to get caught up. I was listening to the episode with Caliber Discussion and thought of this article that goes into a little more detail on that shootout that led to the development of the 40 Smith & Wesson round. That would be the uh, infamous Miami shootout. It was the episode that he was on last time. Yeah, TN was on that episode. There's probably a good chance you've read it, but figured it couldn't hurt to pass the info along. Keep up the good work, fellas. Chris in Raleigh. He doesn't give us a... Uh, <laughs> A link to the uh, to the article he's referring to. <laughs> so, Chris, oh. if you want to resend that to us, we'll uh, look it over and uh, post it to our site. Also, you know, we were starting to highlight some pro-gun people in the media, whether it's artists, musicians, actors, people, people on... People in the spotlight. Yeah, people in the spotlight that are out there, famous people that are pro-gun. And our first one, of course, was John Popper with Blues Traveler. And we had another one that was mentioned the last Bob time. Hunter. Rob Hunter was also another one, comic book famous, artist. Famous comic book artist. And then you have Alton Brown, the guy off Food Network. One of our listeners sent that. Right. And then the new one I'm going to talk about is Aaron Lewis, the lead singer of one of my favorite bands, Stained. And now he's starting to branch out and do some country stuff. Very pro-gun. Uh, he's even had some pro-gun t-shirts at some of his recent concerts. Uh, where it says Second Amendment and has a picture of an AR or something on there. Just kind of want to highlight Aaron Lewis, uh, check out some of his new music, some of the new country music he has coming out, and, uh, of course, Stained, uh, all their old stuff. The Greatest Hits album is a really, really good album. You got some iTunes feedback? We do have some new iTunes feedback. So how are we doing on iTunes? We're doing really good. We have 94 reviews. We have an average rating of five stars, which is really, really good. Um, Average of five. Average Average of five five. stars. You can look at it total. We have 88 five-star reviews, two four-star reviews, two three-star reviews, one two-star, and one one one-star. How does that average to five? It must be weighted. Yeah, I, I would say oh, that okay. the I'd say anything with three stars and below was when I was on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one is from Heat Monster. He gives us five stars. Nice. <laughs> says great guest and good subject of the week so he says i've been listening to the podcast for the last three weeks i've gone back and listened to the hickok and jaeger podcast and they were great navy seals plinkster 22 not 22 plinkster but plinkster 22 what's he got to do with navy seals i don't know no he's just saying all the guests we've had oh and the reaper dudes great work fellas i suggest making a podcast on left or right eye dominant since both of you guys differ from each other it would be cool to hear the both sides of it I'm left eye blind. Uh, we also have EDC check five stars by B leaving. <laughs> B leaving he says straight shooting pro gun talk. Would that be like getting out of here, or would it be <laughs> like he is a believer? Uh, I think it sounds more like getting out of here. Be leaving. Be leaving. Thanks for suggesting. <laughs> Thanks for suggesting Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I laughed heartily. Your show is great. <laughs> great guests. Great information. Great enthusiasm for firearms that comes through each episode. Thanks for your show and for the almost daily chuckle over the rape whistle. <laughs> Keep up the great work, guys. Oh, speaking of, you guys got to check us out on uh, Fat to Fit. Uh, oh, Zeke and I right. both did an episode with Carol. Yours is airing now. Yeah, mine's up now, and then yours is going to be Two weeks. Up. Yeah, soon. Yeah, she's going to put one in between us. But, yeah, so we have a good time with, with Carol on Fat to Fit. That Check was a that good time. Out. Let's thank our sponsors one more time. We got Firearms Radio Network. Oh, one more announcement. Son of a biscuity. A <laughs> little reminder, real quick. Uh, we had um, 
<laughs> Jerry DeWitt on the show a couple episodes ago with the Friends of the NRA. Anyway, Friends of the NRA, check your local chapters of that. But ours is happening to have a happening. They are going to be having a dinner and auction Saturday, August 17th at the Middle Tennessee Association of Realtors. That's 311 Butler Drive in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Doors open at 530. Tickets are only $40, but they have volume discounts. So if you're bringing your sweetie or you got a group of people that want to go, uh, they're going to cut you a discount on that. You can contact Jerry DeWitt at 615-785-2338, DeWittJerry at Hotmail.com, or you can go to NRA.org. Tickets are also uh, on sale at On Target and Murfreesboro Outdoors. They're giving away... A door prize. This is the door prize of a Caltex Sub 2000, and then they are also doing a drawing for a Caltex KSG shotgun. Ooh! And tickets. Fine. The your door prize is included in the forty dollars that you pay for the dinner, and then tickets for the KSG. I think they're twenty bucks a piece, and that's additional. You do not have to be present to win the KSG, but you have to be present to win the door prize of the Caltex Sub 2000. So, guys, check that out, and you guys in other states. Check and see what your friends of the NRA has going on locally. And don't forget, if you want to join in in the fundraiser that we're doing for Hawks Locks for Kids, if you look on the video, our hair is getting a little shaggy. We're growing our hair out for a year, 10 Outdoors 9. Seriously. Yep. Uh, AJ Hawk. I would love to do that. I would love to do that. AJ Hawk. I can't go uh, more than two or three weeks. Oh, man. Do it with a discipline. It's, it it's for a fundraiser. It's for a good cause. I'll grow, I'll grow a beard in December for a couple of weeks. I would love to look like a 70s rock star hair, 80s, Like whatever. Ted Nugent? A 70s, 77, 78 Ted Nugent. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah. Tell him I said that when you meet him. Yeah. He won't know who We'd the hell to. I am. We're trying to get him on. We're, if you want to do that, grow your hair out. Don't use any dyeing products on it. Uh, don't change the color or anything like that. Get at least 12 inches and send us pictures to our Facebook. Show us how you're growing your hair out. We're going to start posting some now. You can't really tell a big difference between us right now and what it was a couple months ago, but in about a month, we'll probably start showing some that growing was hair out We didn't pictures. do any before pictures, really. We should have done some before There's tons pictures. of them. Oh, yeah, I've always got a hat on, though. Not in the, um, whatchamacallit pictures, our headshots. Yeah, I do. Donna? I don't think so. Oh, okay, no. cool. So, yeah, if you want to do that, and if you just want to donate some money to the organization, it's hawkslocksforkids.org. Hawkslocksforkids.org. Seal Legacy Foundation. Seal Legacy Foundation. Seallegacy.org. Seallegacy.org, right. Greenberetfoundation.org. And fallenheroesfund.org. All very, very good organizations. We'd like to thank our Firearms Radio Network, firearmsradio.tv, for a bandwidth sponsor. Holder and Green Professional Real Estate Services. Contact them at toll-free, 1-800-615-1840, extension 2222. All or Nothing Tattoo Studio, that's allornothingtattoo.com, and their gun-friendly gear store, strangleholdmerch.com. And definitely check out all those artists at All or Nothing Tattoo. Amazing, amazing people, and Mike McMahon is going to be the guy that's going to be doing mine. And check out us-elitegear.com. I've recently bought some uh, product from them. Nice. Got a belt and some knee pads from them, but they've got a ton of of different products, so check them out as well. Thank 10 Outdoors 9. Thank you for coming in. Thanks for bringing Yoda along, 10. Absolutely enjoyed it. Next time we want Sasquatch, Bigfoot in here. We can probably work that out. And as always, left hand, keep Keep your your loved ones close. Closer, keep your firearms. Mm.